Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the pastoral epistles with this message entitled, The Last Words of St. Paul, preached August the 23rd, 2015. 2 Timothy, the last words of St. Paul. And when you read with great understanding and feeling, you cannot help but crying. Paul says, I'm dying. Soon I will be brought to God's heavenly kingdom. Second Timothy is St. Paul's last letter to us. Like St. Peter. St. Peter's last letter is Second Peter. Where he speaks about his own death by crucifixion. St. Paul has come to the end of his over 30 years of fruitful gospel ministry. It is a letter written just before his expected martyrdom. We read of the last words of Moses, last words of Joshua, and last words of Jesus. Look at here the last words of Moses. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessings and curses now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice. And hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years. In the land give it to your fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Deuteronomy 30. Again Moses says in Deuteronomy 32. When Moses finished reciting all these words to all Israel. He said to them take to heart All the words I have solemnly declared to you this day so that you may command, not beg, command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. By them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Listen to Joshua's last words. Joshua 23. Now I am about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. But just as every good promise of the Lord your God has come true... So the Lord will bring on you all the evil he has threatened until he has destroyed you from this good land he has given you. If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. And listen to Jesus. John 14, 
Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. And John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But rejoice, I have overcome the world. So first point, the last words of St. Paul. In 2 Timothy, we have the last words of St. Paul to comfort the church in all her troubles. It is written to Timothy who was pastoring the church at Ephesus. Timothy, his mother Eunice, and his grandmother Lois had been brought to faith by Paul in his second missionary journey. So Paul says of Timothy, my true son in the faith, our brother and God's fellow worker. He says, Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He says, I have no one like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. Timothy was Paul's representative, apostolic delegate, and he traveled with him for the ministry. He was young, about 35 years, and he was timid, and he was sickly. Yet, God used him mightily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Understand the context. St. Paul had been released from his first Roman imprisonment as he had expected. So we read in Philippians chapter 1. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body convinced of this. I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. After his release, he went on to his fourth missionary journey. AD 63 to 66. He ministered in many places according to tradition. He ministered in Crete, Ephesus, Philippi, Colossae, Nicopolis, Spain, and even to the British Isles. Then he was rearrested, possibly due to an accusation against him by Alexander the metal worker, whom Paul had excommunicated for his heresy. Nero was the emperor at this time who turned against Christianity because it was thought to be an illegal religion. So Paul was rearrested at Miletus, 35 miles outside of Ephesus, where he had to leave Trophimus, sick, who was his fellow traveler. 
On his way to Rome, he left his blanket and books, including his Bible, with Brother Carpus at Troas. In Rome, he was put in a damp, dark, and cold dungeon, possibly in Mamertine prison. He was in chains and fetters. He was treated as a common criminal. He was there only for a brief period before his execution. He was executed by Nero in 67 AD on Ostian Way, three miles outside of the city. In his first imprisonment, he was given great freedom to stay in his own rendered house. So we read in Acts 28, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rendered house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. And now the second point, Christ calls us to suffer for the gospel. Any evangelical theology that denies this truth is false and to be rejected. Jesus told his followers the truth of the cost of Christian discipleship. Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me to death. Matthew 24, verse 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. You'll be hated by all nations because of me. And Luke writes the same in Luke 14. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And Luke 14, 33, in the same way, any of you who does not give up everything, everything, he cannot be my disciple. But friends, we serve a God who also comforts us in all our troubles. He is with us always in life and in death. The Lord is our shepherd and we shall lack nothing. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He is in us, he is with us, and he is all around us. So he told to Abraham who was filled with fear. And we read about his words in Genesis 15.1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and very great reward. And so also Jesus Christ appeared to St. Paul. Acts 18, 9 and 10. One night the Lord spoke to me in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. 
and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. And later on, the Lord appeared to him again, Acts 23. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage! As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. This Lord Jesus was with St. Paul in the dungeon, comforting him. Paul longed for fellowship. His friend and fellow worker Demas abandoned Paul. Having loved this present world like the third soil temporary Christians. If Demas abandoned him, we cannot count on anybody else. Only the Lord. Every leader from the province of Asia also abandoned him. And he says... At my first defense, not even one believer came to support me. They all abandoned St. Paul. But he says, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. His closest fellow workers were ministering in far places like Galatia, Dalmatia, and Ephesus in Asia. He says only Luke was with me. Friends, where do we get comfort when we go through the valley of the shadow of death? God spoke through Isaiah and you read it, Isaiah 40. We preached through the entire book of Isaiah. Isaiah 40 says, comfort, comfort my people says your God. So our comfort comes from God, the triune God. Friends, God calls us to suffer for the gospel. Acts chapter 9 verse 16. This is what Jesus said. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And Paul suffered much. At Lystra, they stoned him and left him for dead. At Philippi, he was stripped and severely beaten, thrown into a prison and put his feet in stocks. Friends, listen to Paul's own words. Of his many trials. Second Corinthians 11. Are they servants of Christ? I am more. I have worked much harder. Been in prison more frequently. Been flogged more severely. Been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews. The 40 lashes minus one. Three times. This is friends a partial list. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was torn. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. 
I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. You want to still believe, receive Jesus? He will give you admission to Harvard. He will give you the best job in town. He will give you long life. He will heal all your diseases. And you will have no troubles. It's a lie. Earlier you know it is better. We have charlatans, frauds in the evangelical world. Fooling people all the time. Let me tell you one secret. If God saved you, truly, he will also lead you to that church where the gospel is truly preached. You know why people go to a stupid church? Because they are not saved. I had somebody here the other day and said, that church where he has been going doesn't preach the gospel. You want a trouble-free Christianity? It's not found. Suffering for Christ is our calling. Paul was a young man when God called him. So we read in Acts chapter 7, Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. After 30 years of intense suffering, he is an old man. And we read Philemon, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then asked Paul, dash, an old man, and now a prisoner of Christ Jesus. After 30 years of intense suffering, he is an old man. And now he is about to be beheaded, sir. At the crucifixion of Jesus, all his disciples left him. As Jesus himself predicted. Now even Timothy seems to be afraid of suffering. So St. Paul counsels him, a young man. Endure suffering with me, Timothy. Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.8, So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. Why do you think we are ashamed of speaking about Jesus? We are afraid what the world would do to us. Maybe you will lose your job. Maybe they will hit you. Maybe they'll kill you. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He says, I am suffering, Timothy. Second Timothy 1.12, that is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him against that day. That he trusted in Jesus Christ for his salvation. And he's safe because he trusted in Jesus Christ. You are the biggest fool if you refuse 
to trust in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal salvation. The biggest fool in the world. There is only one purpose for your existence that you may put your trust in Jesus Christ. I'm the vine, you are the branches. When you trust in him, all Christ's life will come to you, invigorate you, and you will bear fruit and for the glory of God. And he says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Timothy, I am dying, and I want you to continue preaching the gospel. And not only that, sir, every believer in Jesus Christ must suffer for the gospel. There is no exemption for anybody who is a believer in Jesus Christ. So he says in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 12, if we endure, we shall also reign with him, endure suffering. 2 Timothy 3.12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Yet, there is comfort, I said, for every believer who suffer for the gospel. The third point is, where does our comfort come from? And let me read to you from Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. That's what prayer is all about. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Until he brings me to the heavenly Zion. He said I give them eternal life and they shall never perish God the Father comforts us. And we read this in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies, plural. And the God of all comfort. Now listen friends. Who comforts us in all our troubles. He will comfort us when they come to behead you. In life and in death, in sickness and in health. He remains faithful. He is the father of compassions. He is the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles. Saints, count on this promise of God. Our heavenly father is with us to comfort us. 
All our troubles, friends, are ordained by God that we may not trust in ourselves but on God the Father who raises the dead. And but not only that, God the Son comforts us. In John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. Alon Paracleton. Another comforter like me is the first comforter and the Holy Spirit is the second. So Jesus Christ comforts us. Jesus, by his death, destroyed death and brought for us life and immortality. Nobody can destroy us. Indestructible, the church is. And so Paul says in 2 Timothy 1, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed, the first appearing of Jesus, through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's why we preach the gospel. It offers to everyone who believes life and immortality. So the biggest fool in the world is one who rejects the gospel. You ask about yourself. Did you embrace the gospel? Did you embrace Jesus Christ or not? In the book of Hebrews chapter 2. Since the children have flesh and blood. He too shared Jesus Shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants, sir. We are Abraham's descendants. And we are helped every day and every moment. By our triune God. And so you read Second Timothy. You will discover this. Life is in Jesus. Chapter 1 verse 1. It is in Jesus. Not in anybody else. Nobody can give you eternal life. Immortal life. He gives you. And so if you refuse to believe in Jesus. You have no life. Life is in Jesus. And in chapter 2 verse 1. Grace is in Jesus. What we need is grace. It cannot be found in anyone else. You go to Harvard. You think they will tell you anything about this? How to have eternal life? They have all become fools. One thing they reject is the Bible. And its declarations. One thing they reject is Jesus. That's all. And they talk about wisdom of this world. Grace is in Jesus. Chapter 2 verse 1. Faith and love is in Jesus. Chapter 1 verse 13. You want faith? He will give you faith. You want love? It is to be found in Jesus. 
In chapter 2 verse 10, salvation is in Jesus. Nothing else, your money, the billions of dollars you have, counting on it, or you have golden years. Salvation is in Jesus. And so he says in chapter 4 verse 17, the Lord is with us always. You see, your best friend, even your wife, your husband may forsake you. Your, your children may not show up when you are in the hospital. They are busy, sir, doing other things. You took care of them, but they don't want you. And you die there. But if you are a Christian, the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us always. The Lord strengthens us. To do all God wants us to do. In fact the word is. He will pour into us strength. I can do all things. Through Jesus Christ. Who makes me strong. In the same Jesus. We are told. The Lord delivers us. From the lion's mouth. As David delivered the sheep from the lion's mouth so we read but David said to Saul your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock I went after it struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth but I'm talking about the root of David And the son of David, our Lord Jesus Christ, mighty to save you and rescue you from all harm. Have you trusted in him with living and saving faith? And then he says in 4.18, the Lord rescues us from every evil attack, every comprehensive deliverance. And then he says in 4.18 the Lord will bring us safely to his heavenly kingdom. The mission of Jesus is to bring us to glory. To bring us to God. And he saves his people and bring them to God and to glory to the heavenly kingdom. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit comforts us. In chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, we are told to fan into flame, fan into flame the gift you received when I laid hands on you. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit, sir. Holy Spirit dwells in us. Holy Spirit is with us. Holy Spirit will never leave us. Holy Spirit is sent to dwell with us forever. And we are told he will strengthen us. He shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And in chapter 1 verse 14 we are told Holy Spirit dwells in us. And we are told again, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received From God you are not your own. You were bought with a price and so on. Greatest reality is Holy Spirit is in us. 
And then Jesus said, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you, sir. Holy Spirit. And not only that, number four, the scriptures comfort us. Do you read the Bible? Do you meditate on it? You study it hard? It is designed to comfort you. You see, he is in the prison, in a dungeon. He didn't even have the Bible because they took it away from him. And he tells Timothy, please bring my blanket and my Bible. I left it with Carpus, our brother, in Troas. You see, sir, open that Bible and you will hear the voice of God and it will comfort you. The Bible says, Romans 15 verse 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and comfort of the scriptures we might have hope, sir. Friends, that's why this church reads the Bible every day. And when you read it and when you believe it, you are given comfort because God himself is speaking in the Holy Scriptures. The Scriptures, Paul says in 3.15, which make us wise unto salvation. Nothing else. Oh, you have explosion of information. You have all these devices. Nothing will help you to find salvation. There is nothing, sir. It is stench. It doesn't matter what politician speaks or philosopher speaks. It's all stench. It all engenders death to us. Never life. So turn to the Bible, sir. You will find salvation. You will find hope. Sir, it is the gospel that gives us hope. The gospel that speaks about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For he was delivered over to death for our sin. And was raised for our justification. Without faith in Jesus Christ. We are destroyed. Certain important gospel imperatives which you find in 2 Timothy. Let me tell you sir. Without the gospel, there is no Jesus, there is no God, there is no salvation, and there is no meaning to your life. You kiss that securities and all that, but it cannot save you, sir. Important imperatives, gospel imperatives, and let me give you seven of them. Timothy, suffer for the gospel. Timothy, hold fast to the gospel. Timothy, guard the gospel. Entrust the gospel to reliable men. Timothy, continue in the gospel. Timothy, preach the gospel. Timothy, study to interpret the gospel correctly. Friends, without faith in the scriptures, we have no comfort. How do you know who God is? Unless you study the Bible. It is the God of the Bible. That comforts us. And beyond that. Number five. The comfort of the church. 
<laughs> you don't want church, you see. You just float around, going from one church to another church to another church. Sir, triune God comforts us. His word comforts us. And the church, the people of God comforts us. That's why we in this church help people all the time. Paul in the dungeon needs also comfort from God's people. Many have abandoned him. It may also be the old apostle is going blind. Only Luke the physician was with him. He yearns to see his true son in the faith, Timothy, for one last time before his expected execution. So he says, Timothy, my dear son, please come quickly that I may be filled with joy. Please come before winter. Please bring Mark with him. I want to see him too. I have no blanket. I am cold in this dungeon. I have no Bible either. I left my blanket and books with Brother Carpus at Troas. So when you come, bring these with you. Friends, we do not know whether Timothy came before he was executed. Friends, it is the will of God that the people of God bring comfort to one another. So we read, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Now notice the purpose, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. The church must comfort us. And he says in 2 Corinthians 7, But God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. Yeah, you're visiting, sir. It matters. Paul speaks of the comfort he received from Onesiphorus. He says in chapter 1, May the Lord show mercy to the house of Onesiphorus because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. Comfort, sir. Not a lone Christianity. We are the body of Christ connected to one another and to the head, Lord Jesus Christ. We are not a pile of members disconnected and dead. So Jesus says in Matthew 25, Then the king shall say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed of my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Now notice, for I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, where did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Where did we see you stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick in prison? Or in prison? And go to visit you. Listen. The king will reply. I tell you the truth. 
whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine you did it to me friends this is why we are told in hebrews 13 we read this keep on loving each other as brothers do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so some people have entertained angels without knowing it remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering friends jesus said in this world we will have trouble but rejoice i have overcome the world paul said we glory in tribulations also sir all things work together for our good of conforming us to christ thank god not only we have trouble we also have great comfort here and now from god the father from god the son jesus christ from god the holy spirit from god's holy scriptures and from god's holy church god's holy people who travel with us to the heavenly zion friends in this church we love one another and comfort one another with the comfort we receive from god when true ministers depart to heaven the lord raises up other servants of god like timothy pious learned in scriptures spirit filled courageous hard working to build up god's holy church friends gospel will triumph must triumph jesus is lord he builds his church which is indestructible remember jesus paul says remember jesus christ raised from the dead having destroyed death and the devil to give us life and immortality so we can say with confidence to me to live is christ and to die is gain amen 